I didn't want another boring fucking branding book out there. And I wanted to do something that was very authentic and true to me. And so the title of the book is your brand should be gay. And then in parentheses, even if you're not. <laughs> so your brand should be gay, even if you're not. And if you look at the book on Amazon, it's it's a bold pink. It's yeah. big type in, uh, in a Helvetica font. And then the subtitle is, it's the art and science of creating an authentic brand. Mm -hmm. So even by by standards of book titles, I'm breaking all the rules. It's a long book title. <laughs> but if I wrote have the book, word fuck in it, that's the it latest have trend I, or I do, shit with an asterisk, you know. Yeah. That, you got a cuss lot of now that. in the book. Yeah. You get See, when people hear my book, they think of, uh, what is it? The art of not giving a fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, because it has that same kind of attitude and that yeah. tone. But listen, if I wrote a book on brand authenticity, who would fucking buy that book? I mean, I right. don't know. It's that, that would sound sterile. Welcome to The Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, founders. Welcome to the show. Hello, founders. Good to hear you, be with you virtually, running on the treadmill, right. driving in the car. Right, right. Sitting at the listen, coffee shop. Listening, you do? I, listening to bathroom. us before you go to bed. Right. Yeah. We blaring, know that's what you're doing. We know. Our voices through the shower curtain. Right. Oh, there's that soothing voice, Brandon. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I know hope, you're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. We may be putting people to sleep, but I right. hope they're not using it for that. For that use. That Making use case. <laughs> right. Use case. How <laughs> to listen to this? This show. Well, what's going on, Bob? Are you at the end of wrestling coaching? Wrestling, for God's sake. That's what I've been doing. Uh, basketball coaching season. Is that over for you? What's yeah, yeah, we're done. We're season's over. Okay. Um, yeah, we're recording this here at the uh, tail end of February. We are um, looking forward to getting down to Florida. Going to meet up with uh, uh, Mark Ingalls and his wife. Uh, have some dinner. Do a little business and get some golfing in and then spend time with our uh, adult children that don't live with us anymore. So we're going to get a chance to spend time with them. So uh, by the time this airs, we will have been through the experience and it's going to be a blast. Nice, nice. So and you uh, your son's been dealing, uh, been doing some wrestling. wrestling like how, yeah. how, how I know he was in competing for regionals. How did that he go? Did. He went to regionals, lost at regionals, but uh, still, I, I I could see him as getting road to the most improved. He's really come a really long way. Worked very hard in this last season, so very proud of him. There, we have a banquet coming up here to honor that. I'm going to uh, hand the coaches gift cards to go to dinner, thanking them for their their uh, attention to to mentoring these boys. Um, I am going to miss our postseason banquet because the scheduling like, hey, I'm in Florida, so yeah. I'm going to use video, Brandon. I'm going to do a video. Wait a minute. Yeah. What's, what's that? What are yeah. you going to do with that? I am going to present uh, my my 2022-23 team virtually. Uh, I'm not going to do it live. I'm going to do a video that they're going to play. So Nice. Um, 
I am going to miss my postseason banquet. I'm, oh. We'll see if will the fall. Are you going to have like that? a Hawaiian shirt on and a big hat and maybe a margarita in each hand while you're. Yeah, present. that's completely me. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's, you. that's that's on brand for me, right? <laughs> Which leads us into today's discussion. Like, yeah. if I showed up in that branding, they'd yeah. be like, "Who the hell is that?" Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, really great guest today. Um, another baby bathwater member. Just man, we such good people in JVMM and Tribe for Leaders and Baby Bathwater. We just love getting to know these folks. Um, Ree's got a great story. Um, I think Brandon, people are gonna identify with this story, kind of like being out of place, being heartbroken, yeah. Um, and, and kind of finding your way in the universe, kind of just going, this is where I'm going to take you. And you just kind of hold on and go for the ride, right? Yep. Yep. Um, beautiful story. Again, a theme that we're constantly seeing on the show is this, this idea of going along with life, doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. And then a disruption happens and you're in a space of reclaiming, reinventing and all the other rewords. Uh, that happen uh, uh, after after something shake gives you a shake up, and so yeah. his, uh, his story is a lot of that, and we see yeah. that commonly. And uh, I guess we could say there might be a fun drinking game in the show, <laughs> is to is to identify and keep track of all the different rewords that we use. Yes, um, yes. Because our guest today is Re Perez. It's and the first name is spelled R E. Last name is Perez, as you would guess. So um, Brandon made it his personal mission on this show to use as many rewords as possible. I did. So uh, your job is to count those and then You're also welcome. see how many times reuses it <clears throat> naturally. We strive yeah. on this show to not only make it, you know, mentally, you know, interesting, but entertaining as well. So we're oh, we, we're game we're like, gamifying it. We totally so, game. So if you yeah, if you're listening revolving. to this and want to count up the n- number of times, yeah, and uh, you send us an email and yeah. indicate the correct number of times, we'll we'll have a nice gift for you. Yeah. What, what's <laughs> Wait a minute. Do we have any gifts again? Oh, we'll come up with a gift. Come up with a gift. Okay, I'm just, great. I'm just daring people to do that. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, we we're really excited to introduce our branding expert and friend, Re Perez. Welcome, Re Perez, to the show. <laughs> What's up, guys? Good to How's be with going? you. <laughs> hey, Re, calling in from Austin, Texas today. Very, very good to have you. Uh, another Baby Bathwater member, correct? Yes, yes. How long have you been I, a partner, Bathwater? Uh, you know, I lost count uh, because we oh, had that, that year that was like, that just kind of was a blip. So probably yeah. four, four or five years, maybe. Nice, 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 nice. Good, good, good. Are you doing uh, Croatia? I know we got a trip coming up this year. I'm not doing Croatia. I have some other commitments this year, but uh, have fun. But I have done the Croatia many, many years ago. Yeah. Pretty epic. Uh, You know, the rent out the whole island. So um, have fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, just love to hear from you, Ree. What what are you what are you excited about right now? Personal life, business life? What's what's got you jazzed right now? Yeah, a few things. I mean, personally, I'm in that season of, uh, you know, my my parents aging. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm just really just relishing and cherishing those moments of being there and, um, spe- you know, creating the creating those memories. So that that kind of keeps me excited uh, on a personal, <laughs> personal level. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think on on as it relates to that, because I always sort of 
take on initiatives and build a plan around my business based on how I want my personal life mm. to look. And so uh, I think for me this year, uh, this is a big year of sort of niching down and going deeper rather than wider. And uh, so that feels really exciting for me for many different reasons. But, you know, I think historic, this is my 12th year in business, but historically, uh, I don't know if you've taken like human design, but basically I, I love variety. I love solving many different types of challenges. And, and I've worked with so many different industries and professions to help transform them so they can make more money, build an amazing brand, all that sort of stuff. But, but <laughs> the season that I'm in this year is like just really niching down on a very specific segment. And that, that informs and changes a lot of things. It creates a lot of efficiencies in terms of our marketing, our messaging, um, the language that we're using, and even just our service offerings. So, um, so that's pretty, it's pretty simple, but I'm pretty excited about what that makes available when you, when you are more hyper niched. Yeah. So you said something I'm, I'm curious about. You said you are designing your business around your personal life. Is that a new thing for you? I know that approach in the last, I don't know how many years has been a shift for a lot of people. And sometimes people call it, you know, lifestyle entrepreneur or whatever the words are. But um, there seems to be this, this emerging approach to work that is picked up over several years. And that is instead of revolving our lives around our work, we revolve our work around our lives. Is there, was there some kind of a shift around that for you in the last, I don't know, decade uh, or whatever? I, th I think they're just, I think they're, they're levels. I think I've always had that awareness, broadly speaking, you know, so like, I'm sure we'll get to this, but prior to starting my own agency, I was an employee. I was a senior brand consultant at a major branding firm in New York. And uh, I was working with a lot of Fortune 500 brands and, you know, that whole world, right? And, um, you know, I went through a series of personal life-changing events and a soul retreat uh, in Sedona, Arizona. And I basically was like, listen, I need to, I really need to create something that really feels on, on purpose for me and a bigger mission. And hence the concept of my agency is called Branding for the People. And so I think I've always had that awareness, but I think as I've evolved every year, uh, I think it just gets even tighter and more crystal of like, of um, really what I want to say around that is it's very easy as an entrepreneur to kind of pursue these sort of egoic, you know, maybe vanity sort of metrics, very easy to. Sure. Yeah. Sure to want to kind of say like, oh, my friends are doing this, I should be doing that, or oh, I should be scaling, or I should be doing yeah. this. And, and then there's a point where you're like, oh, let's let's kind of go back to what's, how do I want to live my life? And um, and I think it just gets even and tighter and, and, and tighter as the years go on. Was there, was there a defining moment? I mean, so you you went to that mm -hmm. soul retreat. Was that, was that in your transition from being an employee? It was to an entrepreneur. Can you take us back to that moment? Just what? Yeah. A bit about that. Cause that's really interesting to us. Yeah. So I, um, at the time I was, I was doing consulting for a couple of different firms in New York and I was just in a life transition. I was like, I didn't want to be in New York anymore, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, and okay. I, I said, I want to live internationally. 
And uh, so the moment I said that, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. opportunity presented itself at one of the branding firms. And they're like, what about Dubai? And wow. I never thought about living in Dubai, but I was like, why not? <laughs> and yeah. so I got this offer to go work in Dubai. And the, the summary version of it is that I also, this is before FaceTime and all that sort of stuff, but I, I had was on a dating app and I met this guy online and he was from South Dakota. I was from New York and wow. we just like instant, <laughs> instant wow. connection. It felt like I, I really felt at that time, I really felt the feeling of like really falling deeply in love with someone who I've never met. Wow. And, um, and he hated New York. I was not going to move to South Dakota. So when I got this job offer, I was like, let's go to Dubai. Let's like have that be our, um, our playground. And then we'll like travel. And anyway, the story didn't really pan out that way. I went out there. I was, I was out there for about a good six months. And while I was sort of getting set up, he was still back home and we had met by the way, in person before we made this decision. Okay. That was in my mind, yeah. but all right. Thank yeah, you yeah. clarify. I should like a hell of a first date. Yeah. Yeah. First date. Let's go to yeah. Dubai and move in right. together. Okay. I was thinking maybe coffee shop, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be a good movie I just jump right in both feet in. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Well, in a way I did do that. I mean, we, we spoke every night. It was one of those ones where we were talking every night for like three, four hours. And then he came to New York and then I went to South Dakota and we were like, let's do this. Um, and um, anyway, um, we kept the long distance relationship. I went to Dubai, set things up in this new career. And then I went back to go pick up our things and say goodbye to our families. And, um, and then that's when we found out that his dad was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. Uh -huh. So he was like, no, 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 I still want to do this. So he actually, we're on the plane and I noticed that he's just he started to change. And so he lasted maybe all of one week. And, uh, He's just started to pull away and, you know, rightfully so. And I was like, listen, you need to go back to the States and be complete with your dad. Yeah. And the selfish side of me was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, I just yeah. moved across the entire world. Yeah. And I was, um, I was, I was really heartbroken. And this is the first time a breakup really shook me to my core. Here I was in the Middle East. Where, by the way, it's illegal to be who I am. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yikes. Yeah. yeah. But, and I was in this amazing career. I was in this beautiful, I mean, this, this amazing city. And I was largely depressed. I mean, I was sad to kind of see who I thought was the love of my life, get on that plane, head back to the States. And, and I lasted maybe a good month or two before um, I... I yeah, and if I really transport myself back to that time, I literally was so lonely and empty and depressed. And I probably cried myself to sleep almost every night. And I was like, I need to go back to the States. I need to go be around family. Yeah. I need to go maybe pursue this relationship. Um, and then I did do that. Uh, the relationship still was not in a place. It wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a solid foundation to really build, to get through that losing his parent. Um and so that's why I was like, I, I, you know, that's why I went to Sedona, Arizona. I was like, let me put myself in something new that I've never done before. And oh, and by the way, I left that position. So now I was unemployed, heartbroken. Oh, <laughs> and um, you're just stacking the deck. 
right you're just like let's there's a lot of things hitting at once all at once and and you know i'm sure you know this phrase i'm we've all heard this like things happen for you and um yeah i was like because i i would not be here on this conversation right now as the ceo of my own agency had i not gone through that experience yeah but at the time i was like it was it was rough and I remember there was a few books that that really sort of grounded me or helped me heal. Um, one of them was The Power of Now. The other one was, um, yeah. yeah, Eckhart Tolle. And then the other one was like The, the Path to Love mm-hmm. uh, by Deepak Chopra. And what I discovered in that process was, in addition to saying I was probably meant to start my own agency and do my own thing, it was really more of a journey of self-love like that was the path that I needed to go through because I was in this relationship for the wrong reasons or what Eckhart Tolle would say like pain body yes (laughs) connection yep yep Yep. and um so anyway so Sedona that was another level of like sometimes I always wondered why is it that I just know things why is it that I just feel like you know, intuition or whatever it's called. And that's when Sedona gave me sort of language around this whole other spiritual, soulful kind of uh, realm. And uh, the long story short is like, I was like, well, I love branding. I just don't really want to do it for like the Xeroxes of the world and the AT&T. Yeah, right. So I said, what about branding for the people? And by the way, when I checked to see if that domain was available, it was. So for $4.99 at the time, who knew that that was going to be the domain and the brand name that was going to make me millions of dollars, right? Kind of funny how the universe works to inspire (laughs) in your favor, isn't it, Re? (laughs) It It doesn't always feel that way, but yeah, it is kind of funny how that works out. There's a common theme that we're picking up more and more with our guests that we have on. And that is this theme of disruption um, and the story and the journey we have um, that the disruption is just all, it, eventually it may take a really long time, but it's almost like it's, it's a gift. It, right. you know, it, it's just a gift and it sucks. it sucks but who you become on the other side you know if you use it uh becomes the greatest gift it still sucks there's still these polarities of like wow look at who i am today versus wow that really sucked it still stings (laughs) there's still scars but damn look at look at who i've become look who i'm becoming who i'm figuring out yeah it sounds like that's your experience with uh yeah went through yeah, for sure. It, it, you know, I look back on it and I'm still very grateful. And, you know, to to fast forward to today and just sort of even just the the company that I keep, like yourselves, it's like, I'm sure we're in this season of just, or we're in this awareness of that, even as entrepreneurs and business owners that, you know, sometimes circumstances might hit us, but we just have to remind ourselves like, oh, this is, this is something that's happening for me. And to just surrender to the good and the bad, you know, and, and while I'm very grateful for a lot of the achievements and the people that I know and the circle of influence that I'm around, uh, it definitely comes with its share of, of challenges and heartbreaks and, you know, yeah, (laughs) 
circumstances. Yeah. So I just want to put that in because sometimes, you know, whether it's these interviews or social media, it really only paints a picture. It only paints a, a slant sure. of what's really going on behind the, the entrepreneur. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, we're enjoying our conversation with Ree Perez. Ree is the founder of brandingforthepeople.com. And he wrote the book, Your Brand Should Be Gay, which is just a book. If you can identify this book in a list, you're certainly going to see it. It is bright pink. It is bold. It's a big title. Uh, Your Brand Should Be Gay, even if you're not. Really, really awesome title. Ree is a branding expert. Uh, we invite you to go to brandingforthepeople.com or go to yourbrandshouldbegay.com where you can read what it's all about. Um, download the first three chapters for free. And Ree would love for you to follow him on Instagram as well, where he does a lot of teaching. So connect with Ree, enjoy the resources. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. When you were growing up, Ree, did you, you, you mentioned that when you went to Sedona, that you developed kind of some new vocabulary and and were able to kind of uh, come to terms with some things. Did you grow up in an environment where spirituality was talked about? Was a religious atmosphere? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I was raised Roman Catholic. Okay. Um, so I'm of uh, Filipino and Guamanian descent. My dad's from Guam. My mom's from the Philippines. Okay. So lots of Catholic influence. And I even went to a Jesuit Catholic all boys school. All right. <laughs> You had the so, experience. So I had the experience of, of religion. Um, and truth be told, uh, my freshman year in college, the first course that I signed up for was Intro to World Religions. And um, and listen, you know, like my my parents and especially my mom is definitely a woman of faith, not really pious, but a woman of faith. And I honor that and I respect that. But for me, religion didn't fully resonate Mm-hmm. with me at least the construct and i think i think a lot of it had to do of course that i knew that deep down inside that i was different i knew that i was gay and that i just yeah. felt the shame and and like am i gonna go to hell <laughs> right um with that and so I, that's what i think that's why my relationship with the catholic religion is is such because i didn't really feel like home right and so when i started to venture into studying like buddhism and all the other world religions i was like huh there's probably a place for me. And, and I think now, I think we all are, in my view, I feel like we're all just using different language and different maybe interpretations of like the broader gestalt of right. like what right. is. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And what a, what a gift. I, I know Brandon and I have our own stories. A lot of our guests have stories where, you know, you, you kind of, you, you, you know, nothing but what your family was involved in, right? And you just kind of adopt that as a star, but eventually it's got to either become your own or not. And you may adopt it for a while and then life kind of gets in the way and you realize, okay, what is it for me? And it sounds like, you know, you, you had that experience. And I think all of us to some extent have that experience where we quote unquote, become a little bit more awake or a little bit more in tune with who we are and what our soul desires. And we develop new constructs, new relationships, new paradigms. And that, and you, you mentioned the word evolving several times. And that's, that's the best word that I can come up with where it's like, 
I'm evolving. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it's kind of like this journey that we were, were put here on earth to like take right and experience right. and we get new language, we get new things. So, um, it's, it's a scary place, right. But it's also like really wonderful as you kind of like mm -hmm. learn these new things. And then, especially in your case where it's like, I was in a world where I wasn't really, I didn't feel myself. I didn't feel accepted. Right. I right. didn't fit into the, into the, into the mold. And then to a suddenly go, wait, there's a place for me. That's got to be in a, like, a, just an amazing feeling to go, the world can work for me. That's versus right. Versus work against me. It sounds like That's you right. had that experience. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I think. Oh, no, I, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one. But I would tell, I would, I think I attribute that journey for me to be a big part of why branding is a big part of, of what I choose to do in terms of a profession, because it really is helping other people give um, a voice and language and an identity to who they are authentically, because I had to kind of really figure out like, what's my identity in, in this world? Yeah. And because I, because I went through that journey for myself, I want to be able to, and I wanted to make it my mission to help other people get clear on their identity, whether it's a personal brand or even a, a business brand, but like, what's your identity? Because it's, because when you get hundred percent clear on that, you kind of move through the spaces of the experiences of life, uh, becomes more fulfilling because you know who you are and who you're not. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you fall into branding or was that something like it just like, as you were considering careers, like, wow, yeah. I, I'm just really drawn to this. Yeah. I, uh, the short answer is I fell into it. Okay. And um, I, but you know, you know, you know, that phrase of like, you can, you know, you can add up all the pieces looking backwards yeah. So yeah. I went to NYU I, and I, and I started out, I knew I had a creative side to me, but I started out as a graphic design major, which by the way, if you're going to be a designer, NYU is not the school for to do it. You should go to like okay. Parsons or RISD or something like that. But, I was a design major. Yeah. I went to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was like in design classes and I was like, I get it. I understand, but I understood, I was more fascinated with the psychology and the and the linguistics around branding, not so much the design. I feel like maybe I attribute having the gay gene that like I just have a good design eye. So <laughs> I dropped out of that. <laughs> I dropped out of design, and then I and I was fascinated, like I said, with like psychology and linguistics and neuroscience. And so I ended up getting a degree in organizational behavior and communications. And so that lended itself. I've had many different careers in my twenties, like some that I didn't do really well. And like real estate was one of them. I sucked at real estate in New York. I was like 19 <laughs> doing real estate rentals. I was horrible at it. But um, but I did a lot of sales positions and I ended up becoming a recruiter. I started recruiting and um, being a headhunter for a lot of graphic designers, art directors, creative directors. And I staffed a lot of the agencies in Manhattan. And then I started to become a consultant to these companies. And then I started managing, then I... Anyway, uh, I'm really truncating the whole experience just to get to the juiciest part, which is like, I knew that I wanted to do something else. So I started doing like employer branding for companies 
And then a company, um, he was my first mentor in branding. He said, I think you should start up this division in my agency around brand culture. Because that I saw branding through the lens, I understand, I understand aesthetics, but I really saw branding as a vehicle to impact culture. And so with a degree in organizational behavior and communications, I sort I did that. I led up this division uh, and I started going into companies and helping them with their brand, but also how do you build that into the culture of the organization? And that led me to getting recruited at some of the other bigger firms and ultimately working for one of the largest global branding firms. That was my unique differentiator. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that topic, but, <laughs> but no, that's good. Keep going. Which is uh, kind yeah. of just wondering, you know, to, to close the loop is like yeah. some people like get a calling, some people fall into something. So the fact that you fell that's into right. branding, I fell into programming, you know, mm-hmm. early on and loved it and then ended up falling into marketing because of things. So that's right. You know, I, I don't you I mean, none of us on this call are like, oh it's just all a happy accident. Like it's all part of the process. Right? I knew right. what I wanted to be when I was three years old. <laughs> there are those people. You ever hear those stories of people? Oh, I knew when I was like, what, who are you? But it's, but it's great. Oh, it's, it's great. great. Cause it's their I, story. like, damn, that's pretty badass. Cause you know, you're kind of yeah. all around a little bit, but. So let, let's take you back to Sedona then. So yeah, I want to hear about Sedona. You know, so let, let's, t- I, I'd love to hear about the experience at Sedona a little bit, uh, what you're, what you're comfortable sharing. Uh, and then, you know, kind of let's dovetail into how did it, how did it blossom into what you're doing it, now? Did you go through a portal? Did you talk? <laughs> did you do? I don't think I was quite there yet. There were, let's just put this out on the table. There wasn't any plant medicine involved at the time. <laughs> what is that? I know, but that, that's where I was at that at that time. Yeah, yeah. And I may or may not participate in plant medicine today, but um, <laughs> I do unafraid talk about it. <laughs> uh, at that time, I met with several guys because remember, I was mostly there to heal my broken heart, right? Okay. I wasn't going there to figure out like, what's my life's purpose? Yeah. Um, I met with a channeler. I met with interesting like different types of energy workers and intu- intuitives and you know truth be told at the time i was kind of like i kind of get it but i kind of also had a little bit of skepticism mm-hmm. but i was just sure. so desperate for sure. finding answers and um i had someone that read us my spiritual astrology chart uh and thematically and when I look at all the people that I've met with at that time, all the channelers and psychics and whatnot, I think there's a few things that I learned. One was that, uh, and and I humbly say this, right? This is a reflection. This is not me, you know, gassing myself up, but they're like, you know, you're a really powerful person that is, has lived a lot of uh previous lives of enlightenment, you know, like Mm. I was a Tibetan monk at one point, I was, uh, you know, high up in this cardinal religion, um, as a cardinal in one of the religions. And so, but that this lifetime (laughs) was to sort of find my own truth without all the dogma of religion Mm -hmm. is to really channel all that energy and to inspire and impact people. And the other thing that I got was that I've seen lots of 
you're really bringing me back to this whole period uh, <laughs> uh, that I've seen a lots of leader leadership and power being misused and abused. Mm-hmm. And that my fear around being a world leader, for example, at that time was based on this sort of like previous uh, experience in previous lives and that I was reminded and I was confirmed that you can be a leader and be and do it from a place of good and and impact. And so you're starting to see some of these themes here, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the other thing that I got reminded is that the way that my ability to have intuition and be able to feel energy and to understand things conceptually and to think non uh you know, like non-linearly was a powerful gift and tool to be able to go and help other people do that. And so that's when I came up with this idea that my impact was going to be to inspire, i.e. breathe life, to inspire other, to inspire people to then go out and, and inspire other people. So I view myself as sort of like, the person behind a lot of very influential brands that are impacting more people, but it wasn't my role necessarily in, 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 at that time to be the person who's going to be out there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's not for me to be that personal brand that is out there impacting millions of people, but my impact is through the brands that, that I, that I work with. Mm. And so that's an interesting distinction to know my role. And so like, sometimes when I think, oh, I should be doing this as a personal brand, or I should be doing this, it's like, no, no, that's not exactly my expression. It's not exactly my role. And it's not necessarily also behind the scenes. I'm yeah. not a behind the scenes kind of person. But anyway, okay, so back to Sedona. Um, did I heal my broken heart? <laughs> kind of, I think it helped a little bit. <laughs> Do you ever? <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It just kind of, it's, it's, I think it took a while. I think it took yeah. a while to heal that broken heart. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you went there to do that and that's not the gift you got? That's right. Yeah. That, that's... that, that always fascinates me. You know, like when we enter something, it's like, oh, I'm going here with this intention. Yeah. And you, you know, to, to your own admission, you were kind of a broken person. So really kind of an open book a little bit. Yeah. And the universe gave you something completely different which was a greater gift than healing the broken heart at the time that's right yeah you know and 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 in all fairness as i sort of think about that like i said earlier i was really on this journey before i can create and be this next version of me i need to first heal or i need to first get connected to loving myself because all the other things that I was pursuing, the context of it was trying to, the context of it is some version of like, I'm not this enough, right? I'm not enough of this. Uh, and I need to prove who I am. I need to prove, you know, my value and my worth. And that's a very different context from saying, I fucking love myself. Mm. And I get to create from that space. Mm. So. How did how did the experience in Sedona and you come to a place of loving yourself, of an awakening, of a rebuilding 
reinvention, whatever the words are. How They're does it words, by the way? What's that? I mean, it's good words. They all have re in front of them. Rebuilding. Oh, oh look at you <laughs> with the re. Oh, right. That's what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to. I'm a branding I'm, guy. I'm, what well, can well I say? while you're talking, I'm going to be thinking of other words that start with re and then just <laughs> spit them out at you. <laughs> I realize. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep reminding, reminding Thank you. you. All right, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. How did that translate into your branding for the people? Like, because uh, I, I, I believe there's bridges all around us that we build. Sure. There's no separation between personal and, and professional. It all bleeds into each other. So, what did you take from there that you put into branding for the people? I'm curious. Yeah. So earlier I had said this phrase, and I know I chopped it up, but it was like my purpose at that time. And to some degree, it's probably still there. But my purpose is to inspire people to inspire other people. And so that was sort of the brand idea behind my agency that gave birth to the name Branding for the People. And um, and it was always, I think some people hear Branding for the People in that it's like, oh, I'm going to be branding all people. Like, no, 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 that's actually not the case. I'm actually going to be branding people who the, the the businesses and the brands that are impacting people. Um, and so that became the brand idea. And we've evolved the visual look and feel of my brand. But at the time, there was definitely some correlation to that concept to the colors and the choices and the messaging that we've used. Um, and so that led me to, to work with conscious entrepreneurs. Um, I was big in personal development. I had done lots of, of ontological training and personal development. I was actually trained as a, uh, well-trained as a coach and probably was going to kind of be that kind of leader doing transformational coaching. But that wasn't, I don't think my calling in career-wise, but I feel like I integrated a lot of that thing. I'll, I integrated that, Sedona, and then my professional experience, and then my educational experience, this is what I'm saying, all the pieces sort of added up. And I merged that and blended it into this, this thing called branding for the people and helping conscious entrepreneurs, business owners make a bigger impact. And, um, and my other thing that I learned too from Sedona was that much like I'm here talking with you and hopefully who is, who, whoever is listening, you know, hopefully they can connect with me just purely based on the words that are coming out of my mouth, not based necessarily on how I look or anything like that. But like I, my voice is really where I believe I can make the biggest impact. And so what did I do? I, it was like four months out of the gate. I was like, I'm going to put on an event and I'm going to teach. I'm going to create my own stage. I'm going to teach on branding. And I did that. I put like 56 people in the room. Wow. In New York, my wow. first event ever. I had no list. Wow. I probably had, I probably had 175 people on my list, and I'm pretty sure they're all my friends and family. And <laughs> so I had no list. Um, new out of the gate, never did events before, but I was like, I'm going to put a bunch of people in the room, and I'm just going to create value. And I'm going to teach about Fortune 500 branding and how an entrepreneur can benefit from it. And that's when I did my first. That's when I made my first six figures in revenue. And I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> let's rinse and repeat. Let's do this again. Yeah. Because now I started getting close to replacing my salary at a corporate job. And so my mindset started to shift around what's possible in terms of what I can 
earn and how how much I can manifest in terms of currency. So that was my gift was to speak. And then I started speaking on other stages. And then I started getting invited to speak. And then I started doing more events. And so uh, that's a long-winded way to say like, okay, use my voice and, and, and then help other people give voice to who they are. Thanks for asking the question. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, what what year was this when you when you did your first event? Two thousand and eleven. Okay, so kind of still at the tail end of a recession, so a little bit ballsy. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> right? ballsy. I was very yeah, arrogant yeah, yeah. at that time, right? <laughs> like, but the the self confidence and almost um, unawareness that this might be an impossible task was completely missed by you, which is just fantastic, right? Like, oh, well, this, like most people be like, well, this is going to be hard. How do I get 56 people there? Like you just kind of went and did it almost yeah. blissfully ignorant, which is just a gift. Love it. Love um, it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I had this question in my mind, like, how did you nail your first client? And you kind of went into it. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't expect that story. Um, yeah. So, Tell us a little bit about that event. I mean, this is still like, we're kind of getting into some strategical stuff, but you realize yeah. that speaking is is your way and just kind of tell us how you put this thing together. Cause I think it should be instructive for a lot of people. Well, there's your, a thing that I learned. event was revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was definitely, actually, what did they call the event? I think the event was called brand share and, uh, you know, so there's this, there's this term that's called enrollment, you know, enrollment, right? So like when you create possibility and you enroll others in this possibility, right? Then they like, they see a pos. So I was really good at enrolling people on my vision and um, I hustled is the short version, right? There's no one, there was no playbook. I mean, I did join a mastermind, but that, by the way, I didn't talk about that. I joined a five-figure mastermind. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, but here's an important thing that I, I really feel it's important to share, particularly depending on who's listening, if they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or if they're more established or if they're maybe somewhere in the early stages. But it what I learned very early on is that it's not knowing all the how, because I didn't know all the how. It's first making a decision that it shall be. And I made a decision that I was going to crush it in my first year in business. And so everything lined up. I never did an event, but I enrolled, I enrolled someone who here's this is the interesting story. I enrolled uh someone who I that I knew who was thinking about starting an event planning business. And I was like, well, you should brand that. And then by and then I enrolled her uh to event plan my event. And then there was this Peruvian chef uh, that wanted to get her business off the ground. And I was like, well, you need an audience. You need people to, 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 to know what you're doing. It was like healthy Peruvian food. And then I enrolled her to sponsor the food for my event. So I totally did this on the, on the bootstrapping. Like I enrolled someone in an exchange. I said, in exchange, and put them to work. I put in the word, in exchange <laughs> for this service, I'm going to expose you to other people who might be potentially, you know, using your service. Yeah. Um, 
resourceful. Uh, resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I used to stole it right from underneath me. <laughs> it's see, it, it's catching on. So that was really it. If you have a vision, you enroll people in their vision, and then you create an opportunity for them. Because what do entrepreneurs want? They want exposure to potential buyers. And so I had this team, event planner, I had a chef, I think I, oh, and this was a bit confident of me. I, it was a one day event. And uh, I said, I'm going to charge people $179. And people are like, my coach was like, you're crazy. Like people don't know who you are. And why are you going to charge $179 for to spend a day with you? And I'm like, my hourly rate is more than that, <laughs> these big firms. Like that was my context. Yeah. But, um, you know, now there's all different strategies where it's like, it's about putting butts in seats because everyone's doing events, right? And you put butts in seats and you want to make it super cheap. But no, I was like, I was confident in my value. Um, there's things I didn't know at the time. I didn't know how to sell from the stage. I sucked at it. I pretty much was like, all right, there's, you know, I have this thing. If you want to buy it, great. Buy <laughs> it. It's over there. What were you yeah. selling? Were you selling uh, like working with you, like coaching, or was did you have? <laughs> yeah, it was. Or? It was. Oh god, it was so bad. It was like a six month branding program. So I was kind of okay. borrowing from what I was learning from like the coaching industry, and like the mastermind industry. Uh, I mean, the coaching and consulting industry, and creating a mastermind. But then I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a six month branding program where I'm gonna coach you. I'm gonna help you build your brand, and then we're gonna create a visual identity for you. And, you know, I fumbled, I, I made it up and, but people wanted it. And, and then I started to get clients and then I started to get testimonials and then I leveraged that. And then I kept doing more of that. Wow. You really brought me back. <laughs> so many it, was a, it was a reformulation. <clears throat> it was, <laughs> <laughs> you're reminding me of all those fears, but, um, so yeah, it was a bit of a hustle. I remember the very first the night before my event, I did not sleep and I didn't have a team. So I think I was the person that was printing out on my printer in New York, my home printer name tags for everyone. Cause I wanted them to look a certain sure. way. Uh, and then putting together my PowerPoint presentation. Oh gosh. Come a long way. Who are you? That seems to be a theme of today's conversation about branding is who you are and how do you want to be perceived by your the people you want to have most impact on. Um, I can't think of a better media, a better way to amplify who you are as through video. And as you can look and you can see the people we've worked with, the people we love to amplify are those businesses that are making a beautiful dent in the world. So if you have been through any kind of branding exercise, it is if it is time to amplify your brand, then it's time to reach out to us. Bob and I would love to have a conversation with you, talk about the types of people you wanna reach, the types of perception you wanna put out there. Go to feedstories.com, reach out to us. Let's have a conversation about amplifying your brand. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. My my first event, Re, I uh, I got what I thought was the flu three days before the event. I was in bed up until 24 hours before I was due to go on stage, and I I 
completely attributed to resistance and like just <laughs> like all right are you really going to do this bob um so that is completely normal what you experience is that like yeah. if you're going to do something great something's going to kind of resist you to make sure that you're going to do it really great so I, lo I love hearing those little stories like that so let's take you to the book yeah. Now, first of all, like you've got a much better background than Brandon and I. Like <laughs> it is, it is tight. You've got a color scheme going on. Right. It's staged. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your book and like the color is amazing. It's just popping off the screen. How did you get to the point where you're like I you know I got to write a book? Yeah. So by the way, side note, uh, during during. Yeah, I think it was like at the start of the pandemic, I had moved to this new place and I didn't have the same background. And I remember someone saying, you're a branding guy. How come, you don't, how come you don't have a nice background? So this right here, my friends, hey. this is a result of saying, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> Let me show you people. Um, I will reinvent. I will background. reinvent backgrounds. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I, you know, listen, I, I was... I was doing, I was basically getting a lot of reflections from a lot of people saying you should write a book, you should have something. Cause I've always been kind of like high ticket, if you will. So there was a sort of a break in the ladder from someone wanting to, to take advantage of all that I have to offer. And then like what it takes to actually work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And so I needed something in that ladder for people to get a piece of all the wisdom that I have to share. And so I said, okay, so a lot of people said you should write a book. So I resisted, like probably a lot of people. But then, um, you know, and then I met Tucker Max at the time of, uh, it was called Book of, Book in the Box at the time, Scribe Media. He definitely encouraged me. He was like, you should told you that. And then uh, through a series of creative um, processes, I came up with the idea. So I walked into... Uh, the publisher saying, here's the name of my book. Now help me fill in the meat of it. And so the book, I guess we didn't tell the audience yet. We haven't know that we're, it's, it's, we're, 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 we're hanging there. that. There's, we're a, there's a building, right? There's a, there's a little bit of a buildup. So yeah. I said, basically, how can I teach? I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want another boring fucking branding book out there. And I wanted to do something that was very authentic and true to me. And so the title of the book is your brand should be gay. And then in parentheses, even if you're not. <laughs> so your brand should be gay, even if you're not. And if you look at the book on Amazon, it's, it's a bold pink, it's yeah. big type in, uh, in a Helvetica font. And then the subtitle is it's the art and science of creating an authentic brand. Mm -hmm. So even by by standards of book titles, I'm breaking all the rules. It's a long book title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but if I wrote have the book, word fuck in it, that's the it latest have trend I, or I shit did. with an asterisk, you know, yeah. that, you got a cuss now that. in the book. Yeah. You get See, when people hear my book, they think of, uh, what is it? The art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. 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 Um, because it has that same kind of attitude and that yeah. tone. Um, but listen, if I wrote a book on brand authenticity, who would fucking buy that book? I mean, I right. don't know. It's that that would sound sterile, like brand, yeah. yeah. And so, but on a meta level, people ask, "Why did you name it that way?" Mm -hmm. And so, there's a few things going on that I'll point out. So, I'm actually teaching 
the power of branding through my book title, through the color of the book and the way that I positioned it. And what I'm really teaching is brands that stand out um, evoke an emotion. So they're evocative. Mm-hmm. And that emotion might be, I fucking love that, or I'm offended by that, mm-hmm. or that made me laugh, or that's cool, that's clever. A lot of my marketing friends are like, oh, that's, ge- that's genius. So it elicits an emotion. The second thing a brand does, it should pique your curiosity. Because then you're like, well, why should it be gay? <laughs> um, also, what does that mean? What does that mean? And so yeah. if that gets you to pick up the book and read, like, what is this book about? You're like, all right, job, you know, first job done. I got you to I stop you in your tracks, pique your curiosity to want to learn more. So that's disruption. And then I'm also saying, well, think about the power of language and choice of words. Because I could have meant your brand, I could have meant gay being happy, but everyone thinks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, now, it just so happens to be that I identify as a gay man. And, and, and it wasn't always the case that I was very overt about it. Um, so I came out in the 90s in New York where it was kind of not really safe right. to be out. Even now in New York, huh? Even in New York, mm, probably okay. less so in the streets of New York, yeah. There were certain neighborhoods where you're like, you definitely okay. needed to kind of, or at least for me, my experience, maybe people were very bold. I wasn't there yet. I was very much like, you know, that wasn't something I wore on my sleeve. And so for me at this stage in my life, in my career, the stage that I'm in, I can come out with a book that has the word gay in it. And I can be totally untethered or unfazed. It's probably the better word of whether or not someone is going to like me, love me or hate me. And that my friends is what I'm really teaching is really there's Mm -hmm. power in you being authentically yourself as a brand and that people are going to love you and people are going to hate you. And, but it's not, it's not that you're not looking for other people to validate who you are, that you can stand in your own power. And that is the real power of, uh, of a brand. So mm. it's another way of coming out. Like, listen, if you didn't know I was gay, now, you know. <laughs> Interesting. So I have a question. I want your opinion on something. Yeah. So there was a trend and I think it's still kind of a trend this idea of personal branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, when you're titled branding for the people, your, your website, do you, when you're working with major companies or uh, are, are you focused in on, let, let's say someone is a coach consultant, like you were yes. playing with at one time, do all your principles apply to you as the individual, as far as branding goes, as they would a big corporation? Um, yeah. So I love this question. Okay. I love this on a questioning actually. So one of the things that I really was battling with for many, many years. And when I first started the company is that people thought we did personal branding. So if you go back 12 years ago, people thought yeah. I did personal branding and I was like, no, we actually brand businesses. It just so happens to be that my clients are CEOs, founders, and entrepreneurs 
with big personalities. Sure. Yeah. And so I have, in a way, I have branded some coaches and consultants with big personalities. And, and yeah, I built a personal brand for them. But really, it was in the context of helping to grow their business. Now, there's a few things I want to say around this topic because it's such, it's such a big topic. Yeah. In the past few years... And I've really resisted that term. I really resisted personal branding because for me, my purview at the time was that you just have a brand mm -hmm. and then you have different extensions and expressions of that brand. It could be a business. It could be you as a person. It could be a book, a podcast or whatever. And so now I've evolved my thinking because when Harvard Business Review and Forbes start talking about the power of personal branding, you kind of lean into that, right? Sure. And so now... I would say that we do a lots of personal, we do both. We do business branding and personal branding. And so um, I do see that there's this huge wave because we all want to connect with the person. And so with, yeah, with people brands. And so I like, uh, there's this new, there's this phrase that I've been saying recently that says, you know, Jeff Bezos, defines brand as what other people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. Mm. I believe that that's half true. So I believe that it at first, your personal brand is what you get to say about you mm. before you enter the room. And I think there is, is really the the point here is rather than the world to dictate who you are as a brand, mm -hmm. like standing in the knowing of who you are and what's authentic to your truth and your vision and your purpose, like have define your personal brand, then go out there and express it. And hopefully that there's an alignment with who you see yourself to be and who you desire yourself to be. And then what people are saying about you. Mm -hmm. And so Anyway, so I hope that answers your question. Okay. Is like we yeah. do both. <laughs> I think brand, yeah, I, was, I grew up, you know, our marketing and design and 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 branding was, you know, always the topic. And then was been in the direct response world where they are poo pooing on branding and, and, and like right. you can't, you know, it's there's a both and here. And I early on branding was kind of elusive to me. It's like, well, what exactly does this mean? What's That's the right. definition? And the best definition I'd heard, one of them was that it's it's when you hear of a company name, like, you know, um, what is it? Uh, Apple. It's, Apple. It's all the emotions, thoughts, attributes that I attribute to that name of, of that company. That's right. That's personality. That's like, oh, I know that person's personality or that that company's personality. That's what I think of when I think of brand. And so that, that was the best description. Yeah, that's good. I'm the the three-word definition that I've used in my career, brand is a desired perception. Mm. So if brand is a desired perception, branding is the process of creating, shaping, and influencing that desired perception. Um, so therefore, marketing, design, PR, advertising, those are all vehicles, those are all tools to help create that desired perception. And so what I'm highlighting here is that before you go out and direct response and marketing, 
why don't you first define how do you want to be perceived and then and then use marketing to create that perception whereas listen there's multiple paths there's multiple paths to get to the same destination i just found it i just believe that it's a bit more powerful when you use that as your beacon or your north star uh versus let me throw a bunch of shit up against the wall and let me see what sticks. And then therefore by default, I'll create that brand. Mm. And I feel like there's like a, there's a symbiotic relationship where you can certainly test and interact with the market to make sure that your brand is resonating in the marketplace. But I think there's something really powerful and magical when you, when you first say, here's who I am and here's a problem I'm solving in the world, or here's my vision and then now let me test and interact with the market to fine tune the messaging. And I'm working on something right now. It's very premature. Well, it's 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 going to happen, but I'm not ready to go into great detail about it. But really merging branding and direct response hmm. for our clients, that's going to be the game changer because I feel like there's an opportunity for both hmm. to coexist. And that's coming from someone who, when I came into the entrepreneur space, all the top marketers that I know, and I, I know a lot of them, yep. they're all saying that branding is dead or branding is just a logo. And I was like, I can see why they would say branding is dead because they define brand very differently than I do. Because if you think that yes. brand is just a logo, then sure, sure. Yeah, the logo can be a dime or dozen. But for me, it's so much more. That's why I'm glad you asked me about how I got into it because I see branding more about it's a it's a lifestyle it's it's something that really can impact culture it influences the way we think it influences the way we behave uh it's so much more than just logos and and pretty colors mm -hmm. re when we sit down with a founder or ceo our starting point is typically their origin story and kind of the the primary question that brandon will ask them is how how did you get into this business or yeah. what was the defining moment that made you realize that you are, I'm in the business that I should be in. We, whether it's a seven figure, eight figure company, we start from the same point. I'm just wondering like, what, what, is, is that something, is that kind of how you start with somebody? Cause we feel, we kind of feel like everything beyond that starts with that question because yeah. the culture of the company and ultimately the clients and customers they serve end up being a extension of, of who that founder is and what their story is. I, yeah. I love your reaction to that. Yeah. So it's, um, so the way that I approach branding, it, it's, there's a combination of linear and nonlinear. So allow me to indulge you in a Venn diagram because consultants love Venn diagram. A virtual have have Venn one. diagram. It's, it's a requirement. A requirement, requirement to have a Venn diagram <laughs> of concepts. So the first uh, circle in the Venn diagram is, uh, we'll call it credibility, or even like the, the vision of uh, the founder. And so that's one piece of positioning your brand. It's got to be something that you can own. It's got to be something that fulfills your vision and something that you're desiring to do your origin story, like why you? And then the second circle in the Venn diagram is what's unique. Okay, you might have this vision, 
But here's where you look at the competitive set and you're like, well, what is unique in the category? So if you're a coach consultant or, you know, if someone's listening in and they're running a product product business, what makes your product or service unique in the category? Mm-hmm. And then the third domain to complete the Venn diagram is what is relevant to the target audiences. So that's where you look at the who, what, and why. Like, who's your target audience? What's the problem you solve for them? And why should they listen to you? And so the third domain is what's relevant to the marketplace. So you have the vision, the competitive landscape, and then the the audience. And it's the intersection of that Venn diagram, which is where you want to best position your brand. Because it, it it's, it's coexisting within an environment in which, uh, you know, so it's not, it's not just the vision. And I think that's where sometimes brands, at least when I talk to a lot of startups, sometimes they have this great vision, but they're like, okay, well, how are you different from so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And how is this relevant to your target audiences? Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes it doesn't convert. Why should I care? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's my response. It's 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 that, and I think the the a holistic view is to kind of really think about that Venn diagram. Mm. I love that, um, and I highly respect the the merging of direct response and branding. Uh, yeah. Years ago, I remember coming up with the term direct branding, but it doesn't really, you know, work in that regards. But I think there has to be some kind of a merging of that, and, and, and important. Um, yeah. This has been awesome. This is this has been fun. For you. <laughs> that was fun. This Thanks is for so fun. I, I feel like we go for yeah. hours, but we, uh, for the sake of time, uh, we have a. Uh, I, I got to hear about Quickie your your breakdancing career. You know, uh, because I too, being a large you too, or a break lumbering, large lumbering white guy in the eighties, uh, I too thought I could do movements that uh were smooth and impressive to watch which they were not ray i mean i never anyway, said that i was good i was never, I never said, said i'm not saying i'm good either it. clearly but i do want but, to hear about your, your but they did call me breaking ray and um oh, man. you know i you know listen i i guess i i attribute the you know, maybe the Spanish blood and being Filipino and, and Guamanian, you know, we have that dance in our culture, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just so fascinated with, I don't know, for me, I never took a break dance in class. <laughs> Clearly I, I didn't either. I just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a couple of movies, like I can do that. I probably should have. Yeah. But, uh, but I got the cardboard. I was like, I'm going to practice. And then at one point I was like, Oh my God, I think I just did a windmill, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I don't know how to replicate it. But, and I hurt my spine and I, <laughs> I was much younger. So I was able to be a little bit more nimble there, right. but I think it was just a matter of like, just being one with the music and then mirroring, mirroring what I saw. So yes, I had so much fun just just being breaking Ray, but um, I'm not going to make a career out of it. <laughs> no, no, I, I ended that soon enough. And the world is grateful I stopped breakdancing. Um, hey, Ray, we'd love to get a little uh, sense of, obviously your book's available, um, Why Your Brand Should Be Gay. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, stuff like that. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the website that you bought for $4.99. I'm assuming <laughs> that's where people could find you, right? 
Yeah, I think there's there's really just a couple of things. So you know, brandingforthepeople.com and it's branding for F-O-R. Brandingforthepeople.com is the main site. Uh, if you want to read up more about the book and you want to get the first three chapters of my book for free before making a purchase decision, you can go to yourbrandshouldbegay.com. Um, and to be honest, you know, connect with me on Instagram. I've been kind of... Uh, you know, I told you that personal branding was, uh, I'm kind of like behind a lot of these big brands, but kind of being a little bit more active on Instagram now. So feel free to add me on Instagram. I'm doing lots of uh, teaching and content uh, on there around branding if you want to learn more. So, and that's just at Reperez Branding. I look forward to re-encountering you. (laughs) See, it's well-branded. And then you're going to see my name. You're going to see my name on the subject line of every email that you send. Right. <laughs> See what I did there. See what I did there. I saw what you did. That was that was a rethrowing awesome. yourself. That was well, Reed, th- thanks for sharing your story. Uh, I know you shared a lot of personal things. Um, thank you for being transparent with that. Um, your story is really powerful. Thank really you. reflects a lot of people's journeys. I think they're gonna identify with that. Um, not feeling in the right place, going through some of the torturous, you know, heartbreak, things like that that's common stuff that we share as humans. And um, when we tell those stories, it connects us. So um, thank you for, for being transparent and connecting with us and our audience today. It was a real gift and uh, we wish you nothing but success in the future. Thank you so much for uh, giving the opportunity to, uh, to share and jam with you guys and uh, transport ourselves back to the break break dancing days. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks Thanks. again. Thanks Rick. Cheers you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.